Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome. You're listening to Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. My name is Layla and we're so happy to have you here with us. Before we get into the Word, let's take a moment and pray. Lord, we thank you for today and we thank you for the opportunity to be your sons and daughters. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to share your love with others and to experience your love for ourselves, Lord. We ask that you'll guide us and that you would tell us what you have for each and every one of us, Lord, so that we're able to be strengthened in you, Lord, and we can stand firm. We thank you for this time with our partners and listeners, Lord, that they're being edified just as we are, Lord, and that we're being knitted together into a family, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' almighty name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We're so glad to have you with us as we get into the word of the Lord. So this morning, we are continuing our study in Hebrews. We're in chapter 10, but we'll be covering verses 11 through 25. So could I get a volunteer to read that section of scripture, please? I will. All right, LaCharles. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. From that time, waiting till his enemies were made his footstool. For by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. But the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us, for after he had... For after he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I'll put my laws into their hearts and in their minds. I will write them. Then he adds their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. Now, where there is remission of of these, there is no longer an offering for sin. Therefore, brethren, having boldly to having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh and having a high priest over the house of god let us draw near with the true heart and full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled um, from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promises faithful and let us consider one another in um yes in order to stir up love and good works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Mm-hmm. Amen. All right. As is our custom, the floor is open to give each of you the opportunity to share what Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you, and to ask any questions that you have. So who would like to begin? I would. All right, Charles. The first thing that the Lord wanted me to point out was that um and i would like to bring us to scripture this will happen to be act seven if we'll flip there i believe it's seven at least and what we see here is that um paul's beginning to and as we have been talking he's beginning to uproot the things that they have been holding inside their minds so how they their perspective has been changing what the Lord was revealing to me um, here, also we see is that the Lord is beginning to 
um, make them acknowledge the things that they didn't want to beforehand. We see instead of Acts 7, they eventually stone um, Stephen because of what he said that Jesus had sat down at the right hand of the Father. That's where it said they blocked their ears and ran at him with one accord. And what we understand is that as the Lord progresses and as he's teaching us, he doesn't just um, leave us in that regard, meaning that he doesn't give us one option and one opportunity to come into something, but he helps us by giving us the steps needed so that way we can get to that eventual place. Meaning that you, mommy, and dad didn't ex expect us to start driving a car as soon as we were born. First of all, our limbs aren't big enough to even handle it, but you have walked us this through the steps in order to eventually get there that doesn't mean that we missed out because we weren't able to do it when we were born mm -hmm. that just means that there's a set maturity time when it will be appropriate mm -hmm. and that's what we see here is that as he's walking them through it he he the lord is bringing them to the understanding of what they thought beforehand what they quote unquote knew was wrong but showing it that in fact they're the ones wrong in the situation mm -hmm. um meaning in um, he's been talking about um, the Holy Spirit through Paul has been talking about how you guys didn't believe Jesus was the Christ, but understanding his role as the Christ and where he went after his death and his ascension and resurrection, I mean. So are you saying that the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul was explaining the process, the behind the scenes um, goings on that the people didn't understand immediately and also making divine connections between what they thought and what the truth actually is. Yes. And Christ in his, and the, the fullness of the Godhead in their great compassion is taking them step by step, trying to help them increase their faith so that they can arrive at the right destination at the right time. Yes. Mm -hmm. Honey, do you have something you wanted to say? Uh, no, I just, um, I, I think that's, that's good. And thank you for clarifying sure. all that for everybody in the room, but also the listeners. Sure. But um, just understanding also, I'll say what's happened here with, in these, I'll say there's a couple sections, really, between verses 11 and 18, but also then 19 through 25, there is this process, right, that is happening. He's saying, look, which is what you're getting out there, Charles, there's this maturing that's happening. We're being perfected, right? Yes. And then there's a, a second part of where in verse 19 in this version it says, therefore, right? So as a result of us being perfected, there's also the holding fast your confession or in faith, being faithful to the Lord as a result of what he's already accomplished and completed in and for your life. So you can come up to that level of maturity that he desires for you to be at. Yes. And all that's happening in here. That's part of what Paul is writing about. But he's also highlighting all the, if you will, I'll say points he's made in his case to demonstrate, to prove out Jesus is the Christ. And this is what he did. And this is why from the beginning, all the way through the entirety of the law, the prophets, the writings, and now what he's writing, which is we just considered the New Testament or a part of the New Testament, mm -hmm. which they didn't clearly have back then. But he's explaining all these things out, making, as you just pointed out, honey, honey, the connecting points so they can understand fully what just happened or what has happened and been prophesied about for millennia. Amen. 
Yes, and as you were saying um, that they were maturing, we also see that it's an opportunity for Paul as well. We know that everything that the Lord tells us first applies to us, then to the people who are around us, if he tells us to share. But we have to realize also that this is something Paul struggled with originally as well. Mm -hmm. He was among those who closed their ears off when Stephen said that Jesus went to the right hand of the Father. Uh -huh. He was right among them. Mm -hmm. And understanding that even as we are beginning to mature inside of the Lord, we should not forget the things that he's already revealed to us mm -hmm. and that we have learned previously, something that we covered inside of chapter 6 of Hebrews about moving forward. Don't forsake the milk of the word, meaning you forget it, so you can go on to the stake. But you should be constantly moving forward with the Lord as he's progressing. And what we see here is that he's progressing past the point of talking about sacrifices, really, to understanding about um, the role that we have inside of it. Meaning that we see it's no longer um, talking about sacrifices and how sacrifices, animal sacrifices, were not as good as the blood of Jesus, but understanding Jesus' role afterwards. He didn't stop being the Messiah after he died and was resurrected. That didn't stop his duties. He mm -hmm. continued to move forward as well. And that's something very important as well. We just think that once Jesus died and ascended to the right hand of the Father, then that was essentially the end of Jesus that we know him. Until mm -hmm. he comes back again, we just all but write Jesus off in the in our minds in that regard. Mm -mm. I mean, mommy, <laughs> just having an understanding of that Jesus is continuing to work. He's not sitting around waiting to the time where he's coming back to the earth. There's mm -hmm. work that needs to be done and that he's doing. Mm -hmm. Amen. He is doing uh -huh. his job. Yes. And once we understand that, we'll truly be able to understand what we're to do. Well, there's also the aspect of, of he is doing, the Lord is always doing his job. Always. And we have the, I'll say the pleasure, but the privilege is probably more accurate. It should be both simultaneous of he is accomplishing it through us, his vessels, which is his body. Mm -hmm. We have a, a role and a part to play in this. Again, if we're willing, but that's also part of this process of not just being sanctified and set apart, but also being refined and becoming conformed to the image of Christ demonstrating our, our love to him through our obedience, but also our faithfulness to him, right? Putting our, our faith in him, but not just our, our faith for the moment, our future, our hope in him. All that is what he's talking about here. First demonstrated in Christ, but then our role, as you were just saying, sir, in his plan, his purpose, his will, and his covenant for us. Amen. Yes. Amen. In this section, he's also, um, the Lord through the Apostle Paul is also talking about the finality of the forgiveness of sins that we have through Christ Jesus. He's always had planned and in mind to forgive our sins for those of us who will come to him and humble ourselves to him. But prior to Christ die, dying on the cross and his blood being uh, placed on the mercy seat in heaven and his um, his previous resurrection. So he died, he was raised, and then he took his blood to the mercy seat. Prior to that, um, the saints that died in him were not able to fully enter in and reconnect with the, the heavenly community. There was Abraham's bosom. So while they they had the entrance of righteousness, right, the, the being set apart from Sheol, they didn't have the grand entrance into the proper um, heavenly community to be right there in the presence of God because the blood hadn't been yet applied, hadn't yet been shed and then applied to the mercy seat. And when he's 
you know, we've been talking about the blood of bulls and goats. It did not provide forgiveness. It only provided covering, right? And the sin remained, but God is so gracious. He knew how to deal with that. And it wasn't because of God's lack of sufficiency. It wasn't the fault of the people per se that the sin remained. It is a spiritual law that God, only God himself had the answer to. The law of sin and death means if you commit sin, you are required to die spiritually and physically, but the eternity in hell and separation from God is a requirement required payment for sin. Well, the blood of bulls and goats was never substantial enough to break that or to overturn that law or supersede that law is actually a better, a better um, way to think about it. The, the law of sin and death was only able to be superseded by the law of life in Christ Jesus. The blood of bulls and goats did not have that life in it, right? We, we read that yes, in John, right. in him, right? Let's go back and look at that. John chapter one. Let me just read that. Let's see. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. I'm just reading John 1, 1. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him, nothing was made that was made in him was life. And the life was the light of men and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. So right there in verses four and five, we see that. Only Christ had the, the life, the power in him to supersede the law of sin and death. The law of life in Christ Jesus is what was necessary. And God knew that. And he had an appointed time so that part of creation would not be left out of this um, opportunity to have forgiveness of sins, not just the covering of it. So he did give a temporary placeholder so that as the obedience factor was carried out. Uh-huh. This was their point of contact with the obedience factor for Abraham. It was believing God and traversing the land and offering his son when the Lord asked him to, being willing to offer his son when the Lord asked him to. That was his point of contact. For Daniel, it was being faithful in the land of Babylon, being faithful to God and being faithful to do whatever God told him to do with a loyal heart and finishing out the work that God designed for him to do there. And for us, it's to continue to have faith in the name of Jesus Christ and be obedient to the complete the task that he's given to us here in our time and our season in the earth, the obedience factor and enter in through the blood. And you also see him saying, you're free, you're free. The, the repetition of being so focused and worried about, oh, I sinned. And if I don't get the turtle dove, if I don't get the you know, whatever it is, if I don't get the pigeon instead, if I don't get this and take it to the priest today, I'm going to be condemned. You are free from that. And he was saying, instead of being focused and held captive in your mind by this vain repetition that God has already said, this is faded in verse, um, in Hebrews chapter eight, uh, verse 13, it says in that he says a new covenant, he has made the first obsolete now what is becoming obsolete obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. So he's saying this is this door has been shut, this is closed, here is the new thing and it's so much better. You're free. All you have to do is believe in what the Messiah did one time forever to cover and f- cause you to be forgiven for your sins and have confidence in him and enter into that. You don't have to keep traveling from um, 
Nazareth to Jerusalem or from the outskirts of <laughs> right. wherever they lived to the temple to give this sacrifice or they didn't have to be concerned or feel fear in their minds or be condemned in their minds over their sin any longer. They could be free in Christ Jesus. And so when I when I read this, I see a bit of the cheerleader in the Apostle Paul, the Holy Spirit going, look, look, you're free, you're free, you're free. It's exactly what he's referencing in, in well, Hebrews 10, 16 through 18. And he makes that, that exact point in verse 18, where there's remission of these, right? Their sins and their laws, these I'll remember no more. And how the law will be written in their heart, there is no longer an offering for sin. Amen. It's been done. Mm-hmm. You're free. There's no longer a third party or external offering. It's all been done. And all you need to do is believe it. Right? We are saved by faith through grace. And just accepting what the Lord wants and moving forward. Now, as he's talking to these people, he's he's talking to believers that they have believed, okay, Christ is the Messiah, but they wrestle with letting go of their traditions because this is what makes them special. This is what they've been taught. And this is how previously they've related to the Lord. Even though they believe in the Messiah, the fullness of what he brings and making a full two-handed transition to grabbing a hold of Christ Jesus. So it, at this point, they're having one hand on Christ and one hand behind them trying to hold on to the law of Moses. Thinking that the law of Moses is the foundation when really it's not. The, the blood of Christ didn't free us from the law of Moses. It freed us from the law of sin and death. Mm-hmm. Because the blood of Christ doesn't take us back when you think about when the blood is applied to your life and your relationship to the Father. It doesn't just take you back to when Moses was getting the, 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 the commandments on the mountain. That's not the point that it reverses you to, that it cleans you up to, rather. No. <laughs> it, re- it takes you all the way back to before sin ever happened and gives you right standing with the Father just as though you had never sinned. Well, that sin came into the world long before Moses was on the earth, correct? Absolutely. Yes. So the the battle that's happening is not the law of Moses versus the law of liberty in Christ. No, the law of life and liberty in Christ Jesus is over the law of sin and death. So them just having that understanding because for them, the epitome of all things was to honor and respect the law of Moses. Well, Moses didn't give the law. He just reported what the Lord said repeated what the Lord said, and it didn't come from him. But the Lord's saying, hey, focus back on God, the Father, and see the pathway and the opportunity that he's provided. Amen. Anyone else? Well, Mommy, as you were speaking, the Lord was reminding me of, you had said that they were trying to hold on to what they had known beforehand, the law of Moses or the law Mm -hmm. that Moses received. Mm -hmm. And also what we see here and we have to understand is that I know in my own life, there's been times where the Lord told me to do something. I thought it was all right, and I it's necessarily what I wanted to do. But there's been times where the Lord told me to progress past that point. And just understanding that as we're progressing, it's not because um, the Lord is not pleased with us, but because he wants us to go further. It, mm-hmm. He's not doing this because he was angry with them for off doing what he told them to do in the law, um, in the law that Moses received. He's doing mm-hmm. this because he wants them to progress and go into something much better. Amen. Amen. And when you look at the plan that God is working, he said, I will be your God and you will be my people. 
He did not say, Moses will be your God and you will be Moses' people. Right? Yes. Or Abraham or Isaac or Jacob or anyone else. Or anybody else. else. Or Paul's, Paul will be your God right. and you will be Paul's people. But we've made substitutions and we've said, you'll be our God and we'll be Paul's people. Or a reversal and a, a hybrid of what God said. But we he is our God and we are his people. And he is the one who has the right to command us and to dictate how we relate to him and to um, traverse us along the line of maturity. When we meet certain wickets and markers, he's the one who says, okay, now it's ready for this. Now it's it's time for that, right? And by meeting certain wickets and markers, you mean when we have positioned ourselves to receive what the Lord has intended for us, which is only his best. Sure. And also when it's time for us to move on. Exactly. So, you know, we have children and we've watched you grow up from infants to teens and an adult, a young, an early adult. And there were times where you didn't feel like it was time for you to stop using the potty chair in the bathroom and just use a regular toilet because you'd always been using the potty chair in your potty training phase. Well, you didn't have the right to tell me, no, I'm not going to get off the potty chair, mommy, because I think I should have it. And never mind, I'm 10 years old. Oh, oh you, you, you recoil at that fact. Yes. So it is the right of the father to go, okay, now you're at the age of maturity for this next step. And I say it's time for you to move forward into the next phase. Mm-hmm. And no longer are you going to relate to me the way you have in a distant part and without understanding you're going to mature and come up and meet me where I am. Just like he said to his disciples, have I been with you so long and you still don't understand? He expected them to grow up. He expected them to mature and come to meet him instead of God going and dumbing things down to their level because they insisted on being carnal. They insisted on being immature. They insisted on being fleshly. So the Lord as our father is going to go, you're 10 years old? No, that's way too late to be getting off the potty chair. Oh. And I'm just being, a, you know, making a drastic reference. Well, we could, we could give another lives, one. But. We should be able to move beyond Velcro shoes to actually have some laces and know how to tie them. Exactly. Exactly. And grow into the things that the Lord wants. And whether they are big or small, he's mm-hmm. always fine-tuning us. And if we want to continue in our fellowship with him, we should be excited about it and looking forward to the new things that God has in store for our lives and as he's moving down his plan for it, all of creation. Amen. Well, we're going to pause there for today. With that, can I get a volunteer to close us out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Layla. Lord, we thank you for today and we thank you for the good things that you have put in our lives, Lord. We thank you for training us, Lord, and bearing with us in patience as we grow towards you, Lord, and mature in the things of you, Lord. We ask that you'll continue to develop us, Lord, continue to strengthen us, Lord, and encourage us, Lord. And we thank you for all that you've done for us, Lord, and we praise you and we honor you for it, Lord. We thank you for our partners and listeners, and we ask that you bless them as they do what it is that you call them to do, Lord, that they find strength and solace and peace within you, Lord, because you're the only one who can provide it. And we thank you for those things. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' almighty name, amen. And amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form. 
be sure to check the box that says subscribe. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.